Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Start and end your day with the good news. The good news with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. Now, here's Angie Austin and friends with the good news. Yay, the good news. Producer Moose is my friend today. Hello. <laughs> is it your birthday? Uh, tomorrow. Oh, so just so close. Yes. Oh, so, but I gave you a present early unwrapped. Yeah. And I just handed it to you across the table. Well, I'm, not, I don't, I'm, not, I'm not, like Oprah says the love is in the details. I'm like, the love isn't even remembering. <laughs> right. You know? It's, right. You know, it's a, the, the, the thought that counts, but, uh, you know, the Batman hat is lovely. I really like it. I think <laughs> Batman hat. That's a funny thing to get a 31-year-old guy, isn't it? Well, when I get something that cool, it, it doesn't become mine as soon as I step through the doors oh, of my really? house. It becomes somebody else's. Really? Because I came home with it, my daughter's like, ooh, cool hat. I haven't seen it since. It's that been on her is... head or on a doll or something since I brought it home. Hilarious. It's like, can, kid... I, can I have Daddy's hat back? My... Mm, no. My kids, got, um, I got a Batman hat too, uh-huh. but you got the cooler, like you know, one with the flat brim that yeah. like young people wear because I cool put guy it on, brim. Yeah. and I looked like um, a desperate aging housewife, <laughs> like trying to be cool, you know, like trying to stay true to the streets. I think I saw this on Bravo. Once. <laughs> yeah, right, exactly. All right, so coming up, we have a pastor that I really enjoy, and his name is Kurt Kurt Bubna, and. Uh, he has written several books, and one uh, he calls himself a recovering um, idiot. Epic Grace <laughs> uh, Diaries of a Recovering Idiot. Just a fun guy. Idiot. I've never. You've got to. Um, you get to talk to him. I've only uh, emailed him, but he just like his personality comes through his emails. So I can only imagine what the interview is going to be. Like. Oh my goodness, he is just so charming. And I have another show, and I interview him a lot, like almost weekly for that show. Um, his Epic Grace Chronicles of a Recovering Idiot is great, but he also has a book on marriage. It's Mister and Mrs. How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect marriage. So basically he was um, in the ministry but then decided he wasn't in love with his wife anymore. They'd only been married a few years. They had two children. Well now he's been married to her for 40 some odd years and they have four children and tons of grandchildren and he counsels a lot of people on how to come back from the brink of divorce. Oh well that's a good specialty to have. And he also talks a lot about um, discipline and, uh, you know, because that's a touchy topic. And he also talks about how to instill those core values into your children, the core values of your family. Mm -hmm. You know, how do you um, uh, step by step over the years make those values uh, part of who your children are? Right. And we're to the point with Sayla, who's uh, just over three, where we're teaching her manners and uh, you know stuff like that that you kind of expect. And once she learns it, if you don't do it, oh, she calls oh, you on it. Aren't they funny? Because my kids are the naughty language police, which is a very interesting thing for a Christian radio host to say that her children are. But if my husband or any extended relative, like I think I've told you that from time to time when grandma's driving, she uses something she calls French, and she'll say, pardon my French, and then my six-year-old says, and that's... That's not French, Mama, because if she knows it's a bad word. And it's funny, like, if they haven't even heard a bad word, somehow they know it's a naughty word. Right. And then my dad also uses some salty language. And then my stepmom's always like, Bryce, not around the children. And uh, and then um, Grandma and Grandpa don't really, although they use the S word, which is shut up, which is a naughty word in our family. Oh. Yeah, they're like, Grandma D said, sh- use the S word on us again. And I'm like, um, and what, what is that? And they're like, she told us to shut up in the in the grandma d bus this giant car she has and in the grandma back d she'll bus. yell shut up in the grandma d bus Uh-oh. and i'm like well obviously you guys must have been really you you put her over the edge right Put, pushed grandma when my nephew was little the s word was stupid that was oh like that's a, big, a bad one yeah. too but the thing that my wife over the weekend taught silo was somebody sneezes you say bless you and they practiced and practiced and okay practiced. okay i'm sitting there watching cartoons with my daughter annabelle's cooking she sneezes i don't say anything and my daughter goes <clears throat> dad Dad, sneeze. Mom sneezed. What do you have to say? I'm like, whoa, okay. <laughs> Sorry, bless funny? you, Mom. She's like, 
That's better. That's better. <laughs> like, That's who's the so bear here? Funny. <laughs> they really learn. And what are what are the other? Oh, just apologies. My husband's not a good apology giver, mm-hmm. and he'll like if I say, well, for instance, last night Riley had six pages of math. Oh. It took hours. We were up till ten thirty doing math. He is in fourth grade. That is silliness. That is. And so we thought he'd made a mistake and really not been doing his homework. And so Mark just lit into him. And then I wrote to another mom, and this morning she wrote back, oh, yeah, all the kids had six pages of math. So really he, he was telling the absolute oh, so 100%. I thought he had been yes. saving it up for days. And, and so I go right into his room, and I'm like, sorry you ha- that you got such a hard time last night, honey. You know, you were right, and, you know, daddy was wrong. But, you know, if daddy said he was sorry, his story would be like, well, sorry, then. I'm sorry that, well, and whatever, but, 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 but. One of the like, rules in our called, house. It's I'm sorry, not yeah. but, but, but. Well, probably what uh, Kurt Bubna is going to talk about is something that we learned in our premarital counseling is you can't say I'm sorry but and so that's one of the things that we catch ourselves all the time when we're apologizing I'm sorry but no so then we have to stop like pause try to figure out a better way to say that so it doesn't like get even bigger well they think our rule is everyone's rule like in our family you have to say I accept your apology and you know you also have to explain why you're apologizing I'm I'm sorry that I stuck a stick in your eye or whatever it is it's very specific right And so, and then you say, I accept your apology, and then you can give your feelings there. So my son had apologized to another kid or something, to the, and he said, he didn't accept my apology. I said, well, every family does it different. Just because he doesn't say he accepted it, they think our rules have to be carried over to every family. They have to accept it. Well, I used to work uh, in tutoring for the city, and I would deal with a lot of inner city youth. And, uh, you know, Facebook does this thing of reminds you of posts from the past couple of years. And yeah, I like that. And I memory. Was, I was uh, looking at one of them, and I had uh, two of the kids were in a fight and like uh, calling names at each other. And I said, who started it and figured out what was going on? And then I said, do you forgive the other kid? And they had never understood what forgiveness oh, was. What? And I was trying to explain it to them. And once I was done with my little lesson on forgiveness, the kid's like, pfft. That's stupid, and <gasps> ran off. And like my heart was broken that these kids didn't know or About understand forgiveness. And didn't, like didn't grasp on like. And how old were they? Eight or nine. Oh my goodness! Can you imagine? That that makes me sad. That yeah, their parents broke my heart. And then when that. I saw that thing on Facebook again, thought it just hurt my heart again. Like that forgiveness is stupid, and like why would you want to be okay with somebody wronging you? And let and telling them it's okay. It's not, not that it's okay. It's it's okay with you, and they they are forgiven, and that you know no hard feelings, and they just well, that's an important thing for us to remember as parents that not everybody's teaching their kids the same things we are, and so um, yeah, on our so kids... I took it as my mission to try to teach and understand what forgiveness was. I bet these you kids. did, and it was it was hard. It was an uphill battle, and I feel like okay, maybe I did instill a little grain of salt of teaching them and showing them what forgiveness is. But oh my, who goodness. knows? Maybe we'll see it down the line a little bit. Interesting. All right. Well, this is kind of cool. Before we start some of our good news, I pulled this out for us. It's called Six Life Lessons I've Learned from Preschool Children. Or let's be honest, my producer, Moose, you pulled this out for <laughs> well, me. Well, we're three weeks into yes. preschool with Sayla, so. Oh, you are? Yeah. yeah she you just didn't started. even say that to me. We've been oh. so busy. You haven't even mentioned preschool? <laughs> yeah, Sayla just started preschool. Really? Like and how she, many days a week? Two and days how? a week. And there's this little girl who um, looks exactly like her friend from church. Yeah. And her friend from church, her name is Emma. But this girl is Lillian. But my daughter is a little bit behind in speech, and Lillian is hard for her to say. Oh, no. So she she renamed her. her. She keeps calling her Emma, but she's not responding. And so they're like, baby, her name is Lillian. That's not Emma. She looks like Emma. shorten it. So then, well, we tried calling her Lily, but she's like, nah, I just call her girl. Oh, my gosh, (laughs) girl. We pull up, drop her off. She's like, my friend girl is here. (laughs) I love it. Girl's here. The other one I like that Riley does is dude, when he can't figure out someone's name. And so he'll be playing ball, and he's like, way to go, dude. Dude, over here. No, dude, go over there. I'm like, could you get his name down instead of just dude? Mom, go introduce yourself so you (laughs) find out what his name is. (laughs) I have a trick with my husband, and if I can't remember the person's name, I'm introducing him. I say, have you met my husband, Mark? Yes. And then they're supposed to say, no, I'm Sally. Uh, but a lot of times they'll just say, no, hi, Mark. Right. And I'm like, no, no, you're supposed to say your name. Or what I do is I ask for a business card sometimes. <laughs> I do, too. Or email address. I'm like, oh, okay, your name is Bob Jones. Okay, good. And their email's like Sassafras, too. And you're like, oh, great. So I'll just call you Miss Sass. <laughs> Miss Sass. All right, this is lessons from six preschool. life lessons I've learned from preschool children. My first, I think, might be my favorite. Um, this is so. This is from someone who's now teaching preschool, and they've thought about. Um, uh, well, they've actually been teaching for 35 years, which is a long time. So these are the lessons that she's learned from teaching 
teaching preschool for 35 years. And number one is my favorite, laugh at yourself. Being a preschool teacher has really taught me how to laugh at myself. She's always had really curly hair. And for the first time ever, she straightened it. When she arrived at preschool, the children burst into fits of laughter. <laughs> Who knew that straight hair could be so funny? Right. But, you know, can't you see kids just like that? that we've got a, a teacher at school who has seriously curly hair. And it becomes the topic of conversation for the kids because it is gigantic, her hair. And the kids love it. Yeah. Sayla, I noticed in the past week that she just has this bubbly chuckle about everything. And so, yeah, she does laugh at anything of like Toby does something, she laughs at it. Even if it ticks her off, she tries to laugh it off. Now, when um, in, far, in terms of um, things being funny, we know that there's all kinds of things about us that could be deemed humorous, you know? Like, didn't you wear a shirt one day and you were like a giant blueberry or something? What did I call you? Was it you or was it my old producer, Bill? Uh, well, Bill used to always wear this orange pumpkin shirt on the same day <laughs> that another one of our producers, Paul, did. And when they both wear khaki pants, because you guys all wear khakis because we have a dress code. Right. And so I would always post pictures when they wore the same outfit saying, I forced my producers to wear matching outfits when they come to, <laughs> to work, you know? We just thought that was funny. So I love it when you can take little things and turn it into something like amusing. And um, she says, this preschool teacher, it makes life a lot easier. Remember the, the Duck Dynasty, mm -hmm. um, Mountain Man, we've interviewed him a lot. Yeah. And he speaks very slowly. And he said his whole life he was bullied because he speaks so slowly. Even his mom was like, you better hurry up and spit it out. Because imagine being around him every day because he has he, he, everything is very, very slow. And so he said, Angie, I've turned it into something that brings uh, a ray of sunshine to people's lives. Mm -hmm. He said, I try to have a sense of humor about it. So rather than um, take it seriously and I get hurt feelings for being bullied for being such a slow talker, he said, I become like the ray of sunshine in the room and I bring some humor in with my slow talking. So he's embraced it. I love that. He embraces it and he just lays down the perfect one-liners that makes everybody bust out laughing. He does. He totally does. Okay, again, uh, preschool teacher for 35 years, six lessons I've learned from preschool children number one laugh at yourself number two tell the truth yes which sometimes they do and you don't really want them to tell quite the truth you know what i mean like when they're very blunt about something right. like my my son said um in preschool about his teacher who was a little bit chubby around the middle a little jolly uh he said oh when you get older you get um fat when am i gonna get fat like you and I was like, he thought that it just happened. In fact, the kids said last night, grandmas get fat. But then they said, oh, Joey at school, his grandma's not fat. And then they said, well, sometimes you get a big rear. And they go, grandma has a big rear. And then they didn't want to say about my mom. But they're like, and grand, 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 she kind of tiny, 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 tiny has a big booty. You know, and my mom's <laughs> a portly gal. So I could tell they were trying to be courteous by saying tiny, tiny, tiny has a big booty. Right. But remember, Jorge, when I said accidentally, in front of my son, oh my goodness, I ate too much over Christmas, but I rear end is huge. And he said, oh, you don't have a big booty. You have a medium booty. <laughs> like he was so appalled that I, but you know, he's truthful. Like it's not gigantic, mom. It's medium. It's medium. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> good, good. Right down the middle. All right. Number three is the significance of human touch. And that's a tough one in school, but I'm so glad that my kids still hug their teachers. Mm -hmm. um, they have a teacher that they really, really love, and they always give her a hug. Number four, lessons I've learned from preschool kids, kids we all need time to be carefree. And therapist Lisa um, shared with me recently seven childhood things we do that um, bring us joy, yes. like swinging in a swing or riding a scooter or riding a bike. Like, we should all keep doing those things. Oh, I love coloring. Like, just like what mud it fun? It, it's, I love it. I love coloring too. We I have, a, a birthday we have adult party coloring for, books now. Yes, we had a birthday party for family. Like, there's a bunch of us born in September, so we all had like a group birthday party. Oh, cool. And like, you know, we have kids, so now we have an excuse to not buy Hallmark cards. We have an excuse to make cards. I love that. And it's just absolutely fun because I'll go like peruse the card aisle, find something that's funny, then I'll recreate it. Oh, that's great. I love it. I pick one up in the store and I'm like, this is the card that I would buy you. Read it. Do you like it? Excellent. Boop, put it back. <laughs> it saved me a dollar ninety-five. No, they're like five bucks yeah. now. I mean, I'm not that cheap, but I'm not a card person. I don't yeah. know why. But you know who is Michelle Ron? Yes. She sends them to people and it's so thoughtful. Mm -hmm. And she also makes baked goods, but I find and she brings me coffee. I know, like, I need I to get on that things. coffee list. Oh, do you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, be like, Michelle, I was, I was wondering, you know, you bring Angie coffee. I try to not make it a real pricey one because mm -hmm. I feel guilty, but I still want it. Right. You know what I mean? Like I'm on that edge where, you know, well, when I, I used know to she work won't for... let me pay it, so I, for it, so I don't go for the vente. Mm -hmm. 
know, I go for like the grande. When I used to work for Schmarschmucks, I would get a huge discount. And then when I stopped working, I realized, wow, these drinks are kind of expensive. How big was the uh, discount? 30, 30% on most things. Okay. And so then when I realized how much I had to pay full value, I was like, oh, let's just order the cheapest thing on the menu. And I started liking black coffee because oh, it was that's cheap. funny. Well, I just add my own stuff then yeah. over at the side counter. Right. I mean, is it a latte? If you like, if you get a coffee and you add a bunch of milk, isn't it still a latte? I, I mean, guess, guess so. it's not heated up. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a latte. <laughs> Thanks a latte. All right. Um, number. Let's see. We're at number five. The lessons I learned from teaching preschool: maintain delight and wonder in learning. But I think maintaining and delight and wonder in many things in life: seeing a friend, um, having a birthday party, making cards, coloring. Like I love that they love. Ev- they're so excited about everything. Wasn't it Michelle who said earlier in the week? You learn uh, learn until you go see Jesus. Yes, and you learn until you, the day you go to see Jesus. Yep. I love that. And then live by examples. As teachers, she says, as a preschool teacher, we are constant role models for our children. And I think as Christians, we're constant role models for people like in our faith, you know, that people are watching us. I want to make sure we haven't gotten much good news in here. We've just been talking, but I want to share. Do you want to do the bookend baby cries? Okay, yeah, explain that one. Viral video that went up uh, last week, and it's about this little baby who loves to read with his mom. And it has. How old is he about? Oh, maybe 10 months. Okay, so he's still an. In- but, you know, He's under a year. Okay. He's not walking. So mom's reading to him and he really likes that. Likes it. But just like all of us, we hate reading the last page of a really good book because that means it's It's over. over. I even count ahead and go, oh, this is so good. I want to count ahead. Um, So I'm not surprised when I come to the last page. I want to be prepared. So I'll be like, okay, 10 pages to the last page because I don't want that bad surprise. This little baby says exactly what we're all thinking. Okay. So when she's reading the book and when she closes it, Mm -hmm. that's when he expresses his 10-month-old emotion. Yes. Okay. In the summer, I like to lie in the sun and watch the birds. And I like to watch the frogs in the pond. Then I curl up in my hollow tree and dream about spring. The end. In the spring, I like to pick flowers, and when winter comes, I watch the snow falling from the sky. Then I curl up in my hollow tree and dream about spring. The end. <laughs> it's, it's on a it's on a loop. Like there's that is about hilarious. That's thirty seconds of like a four minute video, and they just like. It, in the story, goes, okay, baby let's cries, do it again. read it again. And just well, the this, way she reads is so nice. I think I'd want her to read me a book. Right. As this baby is just absolutely like just distraught when the book ends. I just love that. Down. All right, I want people to uh, stick around because we've got a couple of great things. First of all, uh, Terry Fisher, who's a great supporter of our show. If we didn't have sponsors on the good news, mm-hmm. we couldn't do the show. So stick around for Terry. Also, on October third, we have the women's conference, and you know these women. What do you think oh, of yeah. the women that are doing it's, the conference? It's a great, great lineup. I mean, you have uh, Angel Tussie, Beatrice Bruno. She's coming back, drill sergeant of life. Carrie Conley, who like can whip you into shape and make you a new person just by saying hi and giving her a high five. And uh, Michelle Ryan, who we know and love, and uh, Diane Lopes back again. You had a great conference last year. Obviously, I wasn't there because I'm a dude, but uh, you know, great things are going to happen again this year. It's October third. Go onto my website, angieaustinradio.com, and then click at the top. It says upcoming events. We have an early bird special. Bring a friend, bless a friend. You get two meals. It's 8.30 a.m. to 1.30 p.m. You get six speakers. And last year, Robbie Yopes, my friend who's the MC this year, she went, she heard Diane talk about how to get out of debt and they're completely out of debt and they're able now to start a ministry that they want to so just cool. over the last year. So again, AngieAustinRadio.com. That's October 3rd. Kurt, Kurt Bubna is next. Don't go away. Music to make your heart smile. 810 KLVZ. Hey, it's Angie. Do you have things you want to give away, but you know, you're like, oh, it's too nice and I just want to give it away or it's too much of a hassle to bring it down to donate it? Well, guess what? I'm very good friends with the ARC organization. My friend Francis Owens is here and you'll come pick up our stuff for free. We will. I won't personally, <laughs> although I guess I could. Yes. I actually do some of that, but we would love anything you'd like to donate. Nice items, even if they're not quite so nice. Things sell. It's amazing. It's like you're always on a hunt. Please call 303 203 
338-JANE, which is 303-238-5263. We'd love to come pick up anything you'd like to donate. Well, I have to tell you, we donate a lot because my husband refuses to let things hang around the house. And he used to just <laughs> aim for the trash. And now he knows no. we have an ARC box. Yep. And you know we've even brought a trailer load down. And that's before I knew that you would come pick up things for free. And if you want more information about shopping with a purpose, they have great items at ARC. All of the money stays locally to help the disabled community. Go to arcthrift.org. Hi, it's Angie Austin. Have you ever thought about mentoring someone? Well, guess what? We need you. The Denver Rescue Mission needs mentors for kids and adults. Hello, Alexa with the Denver Rescue Mission. So how can we help you? Uh, You can sign up to be a mentor for a child or an adult, um, people who are um, in one of the Denver Rescue Mission programs. um, And you basically sign up at denverrescuemission.org. And for mentoring, there's a little bit more involved. You may have to do a background check in some of those things. But it's a, a few times a month commitment. And you can spend, you know, an hour or so with a kiddo or an adult and really pour into their lives a little bit when they've come from some some situations in their lives and just be a friend. Yeah, be a friend. And you've been mentoring someone and you find mentoring that young gal very satisfying. I do. I'm mentoring a 14-year-old girl and it's been just a blast. So I really encourage you to, you know, look into it. And give us your website again. DenverRescueMission.org. Do you ever feel like you're just searching for a church and you just can't find the right one? Well, I must have looked for about 10 years. I have to tell you, I've never been so excited to go to church. I feel that Pastor John Moreland, my pastor, that's you, John, um, has a real gift for teaching. And there's so much love in that church. And I've never felt more welcome. And I have to tell you, Pastor Moreland, I just... I, I love going to church now. I learn something every week, and, I, and I, I just feel so blessed by you. It makes me cry. Well, I'm humbled to hear you say that. Denver Christian Bible Church is about two things. One, we want to make genuine connections with people, and two, we want to genuinely connect those people to Jesus. Thursday night, we connect. You can go to dinner. You get to know people. And then on Sundays, I just feel like it's a time of getting together and learning, and I feel I'm always hugged. I've never been hugged so many times in my life by people who are really happy to see me there. And so I feel like I'm growing, but I also feel like I have a support system at Denver Christian Bible Church. So if people would like to come, how do they reach you, Pastor Moreland? Please go to our website. You can download our sermons for free and find out where we are, denverbible.org. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. You know, do you have dreams that you'd like to reach, goals, desires? Are you hurting? Are you sad? Have you had a loss? I have the most wonderful thing for you. Last year, I said, I'd love to get some of the great speakers from around Denver and have kind of like our own women of faith. So it's called Real Women, Real Issues, Real Solutions. Last year, the women said it was life-changing, and they asked us if we would do it again. So we have six wonderful speakers, myself included. I'm going to be talking about, uh, do you want to be a victim or a victor? Beatrice Bruno, the drill sergeant of life, talking about letting go of the past. We're going to talk about reaching your goals with Carrie Conley. Michelle Ron, Miss Senior America, talking about choices and aiming towards Christ. Angel Tussie, radio host on AM560, talking about how she resurrected her marriage and her home life and how to have home life in balance. And no one has a better life than Angel. And Diane Lopes, talking about money and trust. I have to tell you, as a Christian woman, I feel so blessed to be part of this. I would love for you to come. AngieAustinRadio.com for tickets October 3rd in Highlands Ranch. 810 KLVZ, where love lives. Welcome back to the good news. Well, the good news is one of my favorite contributors, I wouldn't even call him a guest anymore because he's joined me so many times for interviews, <laughs> Kurt Bubna. He is a pastor, the senior pastor at East Point Church in Spokane Valley in Washington, dealing with all those fires out there. He's also the author of Epic Grace Chronicles of a Recovering Idiot, and he calls himself that idiot, not us, but of course, we probably uh, match that in some ways. And Mr. and Mrs. How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage. And we are going to be talking about some parenting topics today because, Kurt, you've also raised many children as well. Good, good afternoon, my friend. Good good day. Angie, it's great to be with you. I love being with you and your audience. Thank you. All right. So um, just to recap a little bit, um, one of the reasons we first started talking is because you help a lot of people with marriage. You um, have been married now over 40 years. Isn't that right? Just celebrated our 40th anniversary in July. Yep. Wow. 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 And you, you almost got divorced. You were separating. It was done. You only had two kids at the time. Now you have four kids and you're happily married to the same wife that you had once told, I don't love you anymore. Mm-hmm. So I think you um, that's why you call yourself a recovering idiot. I think that's pretty funny that you do that. Um, and so I love it that you you are very honest about your shortcomings in the past and you help us through some of these things. And I love your parenting advice. So let's start with some of the greatest challenges that you believe as a pastor or father um, are facing families today. 
You know, I think one of the biggest issues, and I, I deal with this constantly with people, is they're just tired. I think busyness and fatigue has worn people out. Uh, in fact, yeah, I read, recently read that fatigue is now one of the top five reasons why people call the doctor. Really? Uh, yeah, it's one of the top five. You know, and we run 24-7. All of us are trying to catch up. And obviously, this profoundly affects families and kids. Uh, when you don't have emotional or physical strength, you tend to snap more easily. You overreact. You don't deal with stress very well. And so I think busyness and fatigue is probably the top issue right now for many in our country. We don't know how to take a Sabbath rest. We don't know how to say no. We don't know where, where to draw boundaries. And that's a huge issue. Now, how do we say no and draw, draw boundaries? And you know that a lot of us, especially Christian women, oh, of course I can help out. And I have a friend who does it all the time. I said, your eyes are saying no, but your mouth is saying yes. I want you to practice saying no over and mm. over again because she can, does not know how to say no. And she gets herself in such a bind. Yeah, I tell people two key words, scan and ban. Scan your life. Take a look at your calendar. And then figure out what needs to go. And like you just said, we have to learn the power of no. You know, Christ followers, we, we in particular have this built-in, God-given desire to serve. And I think that's awesome. But if we can't do it with all our heart, if we can't do it because we're exhausted, if we're doing it for the wrong reasons, then obviously that's going to affect our family. So I tell people, scan a band, scan your life, scan your calendar, and ban the things that you shouldn't be doing. Say no. Just say no. Not just to drugs, but also overcommitment. <laughs> yep, absolutely. <laughs> I think another thing that's a great issue facing families is the what I call media madness. Uh, we've got kids that uh, have their head on an iPad or a, uh, a computer, you know, way too many hours in a day. And I know I, I, I dare to tread here where you know angels fear to go because I, I know this is a, a hot topic for some. But the television, the iPads, the media content, we let these kids just absorb so much and they spend way too much time in front of something that's not physical, not really uh, interactive. It's not helping them to become better communicators or develop friendships. And so I, I call it media madness. I think that's another issue that I'm, I have a pet peeve about. I will admit that. But when we were growing up and, you know, my kids in, in our home, uh, the four children that we raised, we, we literally for years didn't even have a television. And then when we did get one, we we limited the access to it, and we made it a privilege. Yes. So let's do do your chores, and yeah, you'll get to watch a half hour program. Make sure you're all ready for bed. Yeah, then we'll sit down. It was a it was an honor. It was a privilege, not something that was an obligation. Okay, so that's so timely because um, we just went on a you know a ten day family camp trip and spent a lot of time with my dad. And so I let the kids use the iPad in the car because we were in the car a lot, like over six hours for uh, one day in particular. And that's how I keep them from arguing in a tight back seat where the, all three of them are <laughs> side by side at six, yeah. eight, and ten. And I told them just so you guys know, when we get home, the iPads go away. And mm -hmm. we don't watch TV unless we watch it at night as a family. Um, what they did this morning before they got ready to school for school, rather than watching TV, like they they had it sometimes last year, done that last school year. They built Lego ships this morning, and that was their own choice. So they play games together in the morning, or they do reading with my mom, and they do not watch TV, and they do not use the iPads because we, each of them has like a tablet. Actually, the school gives them a tablet. And then when I do break out the tablets at night, it's for the reading app, Raz Kids, which is phenomenal. And they yep. do math facts on, and that's all they use the tablet for is homework. I'm just, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I don't want a kid that only communicates through text and, yep. that, you know, is, um, is, is their enjoyment in life comes from a video game on an iPad. I'm just, I just, it's, I'm just not doing it. Yeah. I think we are, we're hindering their creative ability too. You know, I've got seven grandkids and uh, four of them are old enough to watch TV or watch, you know, things and do iPad games. And my children, because they were raised in a home where it was limited, they limit it with their kids. And I tell you, I have some of the most creative, ingenious grandchildren in the world. Of course, I'm a little biased. Yes, slightly. But they, you know, we've <laughs> lost our ability to use our, our an imagination to play, to interact with people. Uh, you know, if you've got two or three kids in a family, I know it's easier. You have less fights, less conflict, less whatever, if you just put them in front of a boob tube. Right. The problem, problem is that's not teaching them how to live. That's not teaching them how to interact with people, how to walk through and work through conflict, how to use their God-given imagination. So I, it's a, I know I'm really swimming upstream on this one because, uh, you know, I think I read recently that the average home has a TV on six hours a day. 
Oh my and, goodness! And, and that's why that? I, that's why I call it media madness. It's crazy. Do you know? I'm going to be honest with you. Do you know how, who I have to punish in our home to turn off the TV when we're trying to do homework? Grand, <laughs> grand. Grand Grand. I'm like, Grand yeah. Grand, we cannot do homework while we're, you're watching Wheel of Fortune. It just does not work. It's too distracting. And she oh. gets a little, slightly bitter, but she turns it off and then helps the kids with homework. But she's the one I have to scold. Yeah, I understand that too. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about, um, you know, if we turn off the TV and we get rid of the iPads or at least, you know, put them up high and they get them as a reward or they use them for homework, what would you say are some of the most important things a child should learn in his or her family? And we mentioned, I think one of them is the ability to communicate. And I think that those uh, devices do limit that. But what else do we need to teach them? Yeah, we also mentioned conflict resolution. I think, you know, you put, you know, people together in a family, guess what? You're going to have conflict. Absolutely. And that's that's normal. Uh, it's how we manage that, how we deal with that, how we walk through that is absolutely imperative. The kids learn that in a home. So conflict resolution and then connected to that, of course, is forgiveness. What better place to learn how to walk in forgiveness than in a family? Uh, kids are going to do things to each other. Um, parents are going to do things to their kids, kids to their parents. So I think it's an awesome opportunity, great place for us to learn how to practice forgiveness. And I love the word practice. We get to put it into practice. And then I think uh, another thing that matters a lot to me, just family values. You know, Every family has family values, uh, but learning to put this into place, uh, understanding what they are, uh, communicating them with your kids, and, and using them really as a guide for the family. Uh, that's a that's an important thing for children to learn. My kids today, for the most part, practice a lot of the same values that they grew up with. Why? Because that's what they grew up with. Well, let's that's talk what, about what are, for you, for your family, what are the things, the family values you wanted to teach your kids? Because I know it does vary slightly from family to family and sometimes more than slightly. Yeah. And again, I wouldn't project mine necessarily on anyone, but I, I think there are things we value faith, a relationship with God. Uh, we've always made God first. Uh, by the way, and this may, as a pastor, this may surprise you, and our family was always God, family, church. I believe in church. I'm a pastor. I'm there every week. I've been to church more than anybody you probably talk to. <laughs> but I really do think it's God, it's family, and then it's church. We have to prioritize and th th having values like that. Um, you know, honor, you know, honoring each other, respecting your, 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 your siblings, respecting what they have, learning to respect property. Um, responsibility. You know, we always had uh, animals and, you know, some of them I wouldn't really want to have in my home. My son was infatuated with rats for a season, Whoa. pet rats. But, you know, the truth is having these animals, we had goats and chickens and dogs and cats and all of these critters taught our children to be responsible. That was another family value. Hey, we're going to be responsible. Everyone carries their own weight. We all carry the load. So there are many things that I think if you sit down and talk about with your spouse, what matters to us? What are the things that we care about? Identify five, six, seven, ten family values. Again, one of them being forgiveness. That's a value. We will be a forgiving family. Right. And list those things. We used to list them on our refrigerator so our kids could see. Really? And we, oh, yeah, we come back to it on a regular basis. Guys, you understand this is, remember? And people, <clears throat> another thing that would happen is, um, my kids would come home and say, well, you know, Frankie's mom and dad let them do X, Y, Z, whatever. You know, they let them go see this R-rated movie. And our response would be, you know what? Well, A, we're not Frankie. We're not his family. Uh, and we're, there are things we do and don't do because we are boobnas. <laughs> and right. uh, that's because of who we are. This is our family value. And they get that. They, they understand even to this day. I love that. All right. So um, I love the idea, too. I'm, I'm actually I just grabbed my calendar and I'm putting in uh, create a little family values poster with the kids to put on the fridge, because what a great reminder, not just for them, but for us to remind uh, us what we're supposed to be focusing on teaching them. Yeah. You know, and I'll tell you, if you if you're unsure how to define them, here's how you define values, where you spend most of your time, where you spend most of your money, what makes you really happy, what makes you really mad. Uh, what embarrasses you or causes you discomfort, and what are you proud of? What brings you great joy? So those things, you just walk through those, and you'll be able to identify pretty quickly what your family values are. All right. Uh, let's get into um, when they don't follow the family values. Like one thing that I'm just a stickler on is honesty. It just irritates me because I expect a level of respect from my kids and work so hard to you know be with them and arrange my schedule and spend time with them, as all parents do. Mm -hmm. um, that when they don't, when I when they fib to me, I feel like it's the ultimate ultimate affront to me like oh, me like how would you do that to me like all I do for you so 
<laughs> what about discipline in terms of them not following the family rules? There's a lot of disagreement, as you know, on discipline. And I think there's one, it might be Delaware, where it's illegal to spank. I don't know if that actually came to fruition, but they were thinking of making it illegal. And maybe they did off to research that. But there's a lot of disagreement. And, and if you spank some a kid, like in a, a grocery store, for instance, I mean, people are watching you. And there's that fine line, as you know, Kurt, between, mm-hmm. um, you know, a proper discipline and getting out of hand, grabbing a kid and leaving bruises on the arm. You know, where, where there's a difference. Yeah, absolutely. I, I This is an interesting topic for me because over the 35 years or so I've been in ministry, I've watched our culture shift. Uh, when we were raising our kids, we practiced corporal punishment, spanking. Now we did it uh, with the right instrument on the right spot on their buttocks. You know, we were careful. It was never to injure. We never wanted to embarrass them. Right. We didn't do it in public. Uh, we were wise about it. Uh, my personal belief was the great thing about corporal discipline, corporal punishment is that it's it's uh, quick, it's over, you forgive, and and the uh, it's effective because as they say in physical exercise, no pain, no gain. So it does work. But I've realized that, man, this really is a hot button for some. And I've taught parenting classes and had parents get up and walk out when I start talking like this. So here's what I tell people now. Wow. Whatever, here, they whatever really, works. They get up and they walk out when you talk about spanking? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Believe as me. a pastor, you're not always liked. <laughs> uh, no, not not even close. But that's okay. My job is to encourage and to challenge people. And, you know, I, I try to speak the truth in love. And then people, I also believe in adult-to-adult relationships. As an adult, you have to determine what you're going to do with your family. And I'm not going to project my stuff on you, my beliefs on you. I will say this. Whatever works for your child, use it. Whatever works is effective. Uh, And so if the timeout works for you, uh, if loss of privilege, and I do think you get to a point with children. I mean, the last time uh, most of my kids were were, uh, spanked was they were like four years of age. Mm -hmm. And if you do it early enough and and correctly enough, by the time they get old enough, then you begin to remove privileges and you start to timeouts and other things you can do. But, you know, all of that to say uh, we discipline consistent. Here's what I want your listeners to understand. Three D's. We always discipline for disrespect, deceit, and disobedience. Disrespect. Disrespect. Uh, Give those again, the three Ds. Disrespect, deceit, you mentioned it, uh, lying, and and disobedience. Got it. And because if kids know, hey, if I cross this line, I'm going to be disciplined, then there's a consistency. And we tell their parents, you know, be consistent. If you, whatever you do, be consistent. It's not okay to one week let Johnny jump up and down on the couch and throw food at his sister from across the table, and the next week that's not okay. You have to be consistent, Uh, and you have to communicate what what are the things that matter. So again, disrespect, deceit, disobedience. When my children crossed those lines, they were directly disobedient, they lied, or they were disrespectful, they were disciplined, period. And there was no argument about it. There was no fight about it. It's like, you know, you know, this is what we do. Mm Mm-hmm. And the cool thing is, and this is, I can tell you this, Angie, without any hesitation, you do this early, you do this, uh, you know, consistently, you will have kids that you actually like. And that other people like to be around. Exactly. You know, people talk about, well, you know, all teenagers go through rebellious years. I raised four kids. At one time, we had four teenagers in our home. Not one of them went through a rebellious stage. And they're all in their 30s and older now. I wouldn't want to cross you, though, Kurt Bubna. No, we had had a great relationship. Our kids knew where they stood. And we had, in fact, our kids, we, we had a friendship with them during their teenage years that I still to this day value a, a great deal. And so the beauty in this is that, you know, I see parents and they are fit to be tied. I, I've had parents have a child and they come to me two years later and they go, we're not going to have any more kids. I go, really? Why? They go, because the first one practically killed us and really? we wanted and, and we wanted to kill him. You know, they say in jest huh, huh. And because they, they children are a challenge. But if you work consistently, if you are faithful to to raise them as best you can in the nurture and admonition of the Lord and his care and his instruction, then you get kids that, you know, when they're, um, you know, pre-adolescents and teenagers, you're actually going to really enjoy them. And I promise you, that's what happens. Well, that gives me a lot of hope. Uh, um, and if you're just joining us, Kurt Bubna is a senior pastor. He lives in Washington. He is a father of four, and we are talking right now about parenting. So what is one of the biggest challenges, Kurt, that you've learned as a parent? Uh, and what would you say to parents who are struggling? Let's kind of make that a two-part. 
Yeah, well, I, one of the things is about the time you think you figure things out, things change. Right. Uh, so you know, one of the big challenges is parents, you know, they've never been parents before. Uh, we used to tell our kids, uh, my, my, when I had a seven-year-old for the first time, I, I looked, I remember getting out of Jessica, and she was quite, quite uh, precocious. And I'd look at her and I'd say, Jessica, daddy's never been a daddy before. I'm trying to figure this out myself. Mm-hmm. And then I thought I had it nailed, and then, and then she hit 12. And 13, it's like, oh, my goodness, this is a whole new challenge. And then 15 and 16, and now she wants to, you know, she's interested in boys, which is the father's worst nightmare. And uh-huh. then and then she's 18 and going to college. I mean, about the time you think you got this figured out, things change. And so that's a challenge. The good news is we don't need to pretend. We can be honest. We can be real. Kids know you don't have it all figured out anyhow. And then just tell kids, listen, we're doing our best to love Jesus and to love you. And let's figure this out together. And I think when you approach it from that perspective, rather than arrogant or I'm, you know, I grew up in a home with my dad and I, you know, he got, went to be with the Lord 16 years ago and I love him dearly, miss him. But my dad's attitude was, I'm the dad, I'm the parent, shut up, sit down, don't ask me questions. There's nothing to discuss. And kids were to be seen, not heard. Right. Well, I, that wasn't conducive to good relationship and it didn't build. I agree. And so, I, you know, we, we think it's a challenge that's going to change. But as long as you just keep growing through it rather than going through it, you'll be fine. And, you know, my husband's a little bit more like that, a little more like military-esque in his parenting. And um, my son likes to express himself. And and so I try to, like, stop things for a moment and say, okay, now we're going to start your punishment, but then we'll, then you can come back in and talk about your feelings. It's not going to change your punishment, but you're allowed to speak and talk about this. And, you know, Mark likes to really shut him down and just, it's done, you know. And I'm like, well, no, let him talk because I think yeah. it's important for him to learn how to express himself anyway. And then he doesn't get so wound up if he at least thinks he's hurt even if the punishment's still going through, that it, he wants to be understood and heard. Yeah, and you know what? Uh, every child wants to be understood and heard. Part of the challenge for us is teaching them how to communicate in a, an appropriate way. No, it's not okay when you uh, yell at mommy. No, it's not okay when you call me bad names. It's, no, it's not okay for you to say you hate me and you wish I wasn't your dad. So we teach them, hey, let's talk about how to express in appropriate ways our emotions, our feelings. And I've, I've dealt with men, uh, you know, and I know t- generally speaking, men are not as verbal as women. Of course, that's not true in my case, but, but generally they're not as verbal as women. But I, I've dealt with men for years who have sh- just shut down. And I really think a lot of that is goes back to their childhood. They were not allowed to talk. They were not allowed to express themselves. And then they get married and they want a wife to tell them how they feel. And they go, uh, well, I don't know what to say. Because they never really learned how to express their feelings in an appropriate way. And we all have feelings. Well, and you talk, Kurt, we only have about a minute left to talk about, um, you know, when we make mistakes. And I just apologized to my kids last night because I couldn't find the baseball field. And they, I, I was getting irritated with them because they were arguing in the back. And then later I said, you know, I just want to apologize because I yelled at you guys in the back seat when we were lost. and I couldn't find the baseball field. And you didn't seem like you appreciated the efforts I was going to to get you there because I really want to have fun with you guys, too. And you've taught me and I've always done this, but I'm making more of a point of doing it now. I said, I'm really sorry. So please forgive mm-hmm. mommy. I'm under a lot of stress. And what that means is that maybe I'll get angry a little bit quicker than I normally would. And so mm. I just want you guys to know that I want to have fun going to baseball too. I'd like to have fun, you know, riding bikes with you. I want to enjoy our time together. So forgive me if I get a little snappy when I think I'm getting ripped off on the fun. <laughs> yeah. Oh, well, I want to make sure you give us your information so we can find you. And again, Kurt um, is joining us pretty regularly. We do segments on parenting and families and um, marriage. Uh, so give us your website, Kurt. I go to KurtBoopna.com or it's easier to remember, youareperfectlyimperfect.com. Youareperfectlyimperfect.com. And excellent. The books again, uh, Epic Grace Chronicles of a Recovering Idiot and Mr. and Mrs. How to Thrive in a Perfectly Imperfect Marriage. We'll be right back with the good news. Thanks, Kurt. Thank you, Angie. 810 KLVZ, Brighton, Denver, and the entire Front Range. A Crawford Broadcasting Station. This is a good place. I really like it. 
This is Eric. He's an ambassador with ARC Thrift Stores. Yeah, I started at the Brick Break and sorting the different Brick Break stuff also. Then I went to the showcase and then I got hired to be a cashier. He knows that with hard work and dedication that he will advance in the workplace because he also knows. They trust you to do a good job. And he loves where he works. I'm the opening cashier, so I'm there from 8 a.m. to 4.30 and I have to make sure the registers are ready to go. The right tags are on the computer so we could get the right discounts on there and make sure there's enough bags. Support ambassadors like Eric and the differently abled people in your community by shopping at ARC Thrift Stores. It's a very good place. It's Everybody's real positive and it feels good to be around that. ARC needs your donations of gently used clothing and household items. To find the most convenient donation station, donation box, or ARC Thrift Store location, go to arcthrift.com. That's arcthrift.com. Yeah, overall, I'm very happy and thankful, like I said, about ARC. When achieving your dreams is a bit more difficult than you thought, Infinite Nation is here to help. Carrie Conley is the co-creator of Infinite Nation, and she knows that when your vision is big enough, you can create infinite success. Go to InfiniteNation.com to learn more about the upcoming Vision is Victory workshop on August 27th and get your tickets. During this all-day event, Carrie will teach you how easy it is to get yourself on the right path to making your big dreams a reality. She will show you how to reconnect with and clarify your vision and create measurable and achievable goals for the short and long-term success. If you are unable to attend the Vision is Victory event on August 27th, you can still make your dreams a reality by requesting a free Vision Check phone call with Carrie Conley. She will help you discover how easy it is to get yourself on the journey to achieve your dreams. Call 720-331-8693, 720-331-8693, and go to InfiniteNation.com. Hey, it's Angie Austin with the good news. I would love for you to come to our women's conference on October 3rd. Michelle, Ron, what are we going to talk about? Oh, we're going to talk about fabulous things to make you better every single day. And I'm going to talk about attitude and choices. Make the choice to come. You'll be glad. And I'm going to talk about becoming a victor rather than a victim. And with some stories from my childhood and what I overcame that I hope will help and touch you. Robbie Yopes, you went last year. You'll be the MC this year. What was it like last year? Life-changing. It was amazing. Please come. Don't miss out on this. Invest in yourself. And Tyra, you're my favorite singer in the United States of America, and you're going to be singing for us. How is it to be involved this year? It is exciting. I can't wait to see what God's going to do. He's going to do something pretty darn awesome. Amen. I was my dream to have like a Women of Faith Denver type event, and that's what we had last year, and we're having it again this year. It's on October 3rd. If you're feeling low, if you're feeling blue, if you need to pick me up, if you need a hug from Jesus, please come. Go to AngieAustinRadio.com. Click on Upcoming Events. Love Lives Here on 810 KLVZ. Loving through worship music and inspirational talk. Welcome back to the good news. Terry Fisher with Five Star Talent and Entertainment. She is at so many charity events around town, but she also puts on all kinds of free events with her talent around the city. And then she also has other just wonderful events that she knows about that she can send us to. And oh, by the way, Terry Fisher, I listened to your recommendation to go to the zoo for the Lego display, and my yes. kids loved it. We saw like 18 different big Lego animals mm-hmm. and flowers, and it was really neat to try to find them around the zoo. It was a blast. They are beautiful and Hello, everybody. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Happy Friday, right? Happy, happy, happy. Well, before we get started, Angie, first I would like to tell everyone out there, in case you all didn't know, Angie has been with the good news for three years now. Yes, And I'm privileged to say I've been with her for a big, long part of that. You and have. I to say publicly, thank you for all you get to do with Terry and Five Star and, and just you. You're Well, blessing. thank you, and thank you for supporting what I do. I wouldn't be able to do it without you. Absolutely. And also, while we're on that note, today is September 11th. I would like to make sure everybody took a moment silence today. Remembering the tragedy of September 11th and say prayers for everybody who's still affected by that day. I agree, Terry. And, uh, you know, that was a big part of, um, you know, you and I, we met for lunch today, and that was a big part of, we you know, our discussion September 11th. And, you know, just there are still a lot of people, kids that lost parents and, you know, who need our prayers and um, who you just need that uh, extra support. You bet. So on that note, we'll move on to some other more fun things, and that is, you know, tomorrow you've got the city of Thornton doing their Harvest Fest. It's a great festival. You've got pumpkins and all kinds of things, hay rides and music and RMC and things like that. And Sunday, the um, Irving Street Library in Westminster is going to start staying open on Sunday. So we have the Nacho Men that will be playing. 
um, from 12 to 2. So it's another free concert, and I'm not supposed to tell anybody this, but they're going to have free food. <laughs> so Ooh. people want to get out there and enjoy that. Okay. It's a good time to do that. Um, let's see, tomorrow is the, um, let's see, down, let's see, what do I want to say? Oh, you've got lots of farmer's markets, and let me tell you these fun things I found, Andy. Tomorrow is the 26th annual Denver Art Museum Friendship Powell, an American Indian cultural celebration at the Denver Art Museum. Cool. And it is free from 10 to 4. All right. And that's the thing that's kind of nice is that it is a free event. And you've got PBS Kids Fun Fest tomorrow um, over on Bannock Street. All right. And so that's also free from 10 to 2. Still these little fun kids things. And you've got the Denver Flea, which is the Denver Center for Performing Arts, also free, going on from 12 to 7 both days. Uh-huh. Oh, no, that one's just tomorrow. Um, and you've got food, trucks, live music, fun in the sun kind of Love fun Love those things. food trucks. Those are so awesome. Are they fun? Yes. So those are some fun things. And then when it comes to, oh, you've got the Broncos playing on Sunday, so go Broncos. And um, on the charity side... Uh, we have the Rocky Mountain Mess. I know you're going to that tomorrow night, Angie. Yes, I am. So we'll be um, all there uh, raising money, um, keeping money here in Colorado. And that's a tremendous Rocky Mountain MS Center. They do so many wonderful things. And it is one of the like uh, cutting-edge facilities in the country for people with MS and others. They treat people with Parkinson's, et cetera. Right. And so I love supporting them. And uh, so I'll be at the table with the chair, Arlene Johnson, a good yep. friend of ours. And you uh, were one of the chairs last year. I was. So, you know, our community works very hard to support these uh, nonprofits and charities that do so much good for our community. You bet. And we've got the bands and everything. And then... Next Saturday, I'd love you all to come downtown to the World Trade Center where I will be doing Over the Edge for Cancer League of Colorado. And, you know, I got my friend Chris Parente from Fox to do that. I think he's going to do it as well. Mm -hmm. And all of the money goes to Cancer League of Colorado. You're appelled down 29 floors. 32. but 32? (laughs) Oh, my goodness. And it's scary, I understand. They've been trying to get me to do it. And I have to be honest with you, I'm a little bit freaked out by it. But you said it's scary, and you raised a lot of money last year. You were one of the top earners, is my understanding. And all of the money, Mm -hmm. um, every single penny uh, goes towards Cancer League of Colorado. It does. And if people cannot go out there, we hope that there's lots of repellers. They're looking at about 40 of them. Just go to the Cancer League um, um, to Over the Edge. Just type in Over the Edge, and you can go find a repeller and donate money back to that person or yes. send it my way, which like would be you. great. Yeah, Terry Fisher, you're one of the repellers. Exactly. And then you've got the Young at Heart Conference or concert going on September 26th. Um, Bobby Marchetti's raising money and doing um, money for Betsy's Hope which is all and about bringing the youth and the risk together. I love Bessie's Hope. I love it that there's so many events where you can go to have fun and support a charity. Terry, your website? It's 5starx.com, number 5. Find me on Facebook at 5 Star Talent Entertainment. Or you can always call me, 303-635-1210. And if you forget all that, call Angie. She can find me. Yeah, AngieAustinRadio.com. <laughs> Thanks, Terry. You bet. Bye, everyone. Thanks for listening to The Good News with Angie Austin. Find the podcast of past shows at AngieAustinRadio.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. (gasps) No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.